Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapter 6. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. A quick review. You might remember chapter 5. The apostles were taken and put in prison. Remember, we talked about this the last time we were together. The apostles were taken and put in prison for preaching the gospel. And they were taken and put in prison for preaching the gospel by the Sadducees. Don't you remember the Sadducees? They didn't believe in anything spiritual. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in miracles. They didn't believe in healing. They didn't believe in heaven. They didn't believe in hell. The Sadducees. They didn't believe in anything supernatural. And the Pharisees, did you know, were not fair, you see. So the Sadducees, now you remember, they took these guys, they put them in prison. Now listen, stay with me. While they are in prison, the council gathers together and they discuss what they're going to do about these guys who are turning Jerusalem upside down with the gospel. So while these guys are having a meeting, while the councils gather together, the angel of the Lord, don't you remember? He showed up, he opened the prison doors, and he told them to do three things. Go, stand, and speak in the temple. And so they're out of prison, they're standing, they're speaking, they have gone, they're preaching in the temple. The council then sends a guard to get the disciples. Well, when the guard got there to get the disciples out of prison, I already told you they weren't there. So the guard comes back and he says, guys, he says, the guys that you're looking for, they're not in prison. They're in the temple and they're teaching. And so they go and they get them out of the temple and they bring them before the council. And the council said, didn't we strictly command you not to preach or teach in his name anymore? And they said, you have turned Jerusalem upside down. This is their accusation. Would to God that this would be an accusation for Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex. Don't ask. We're accused of turning the gospel, turning the triangle upside down with the gospel. What the God somebody would accuse us of that? Duh. Great. Man, if that's all you're going to accuse me of, well, fine. I'm guilty as charged. And so, you know the story. It was then Peter said, remember the famous words that Peter said? Peter said, we must obey whose saints? God. Not we ought to obey, not we need to obey, not we should obey, not it would be smart to obey. Peter says we must obey God. 
It was at that time that council decided to strip them naked and beat them with 39 stripes. And these guys, the Bible says that the disciples went away in the Greek language. They went away rejoicing. In the Greek language, it literally means after they beat them, they went out the door as they went, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Y'all getting that? These guys, they've just been beaten. They're bloody, probably black eyes, puffy face, maybe broken bones, backs bleeding, blood all over them. And they're walking out the door going, praise God, praise the Lord. They said, don't you ever preach in Jesus' name. They probably start singing a worship song on the way out. Jesus, Jesus. There's something about that name. They went away. As they went, they were rejoicing. Well, of course, you know, don't you? When God is using you, when God is blessing you to uh, be used of the kingdom and to make a difference in the kingdom, don't you know that Satan is never happy about that? Satan is never happy about Satan's not happy that these guys fill Jerusalem with all of the gospel. Satan's not happy about that. So what does he do? Satan takes like a rifle, if you will, and he begins to load it with three bullets. We've already seen a couple of them. In Acts chapter 4, we saw bullet number one. You're taking notes, bullet number one, outward persecution. We talked about this in Acts chapter 4. The Sanhedrin commanded them not to teach. And so Satan missed and the church continued to grow. And then the second bullet, inward infiltration, corruption. Satan says, if you can't beat them, enjoy them. Ananias and Sapphira, remember them? They were bringing hypocrisy into the church, and God judged them. And fear comes upon the church, and the church is pure once again, and it continues to grow. And then finally, bullet number three, in chapter six here, Satan fires this third and final bullet, if you will, at the church, at the disciples, and this is a bullet of division and distraction. You see, listen, if outward persecution and inward infiltration isn't going to stop the church, then Satan seeks to divide and conquer and distract and get the church fighting against each other. Look at it. Acts chapter 6, we pick up our study this morning in verse 1, saints, If you're there, say amen. In those days, in verse 1, when the multitude of the disciples were multiplying, underline that, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Well, then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, underline this, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Did I already tell you to underline that? Good. Do it. Again. Therefore, in verse 3, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of what, saints? The Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves, in verse 4, very, very important, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. I have in my Bible... The call of the pastor. 
we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. You know why? Because it was wisdom from the Holy Spirit. That's why. The saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and that guy, and the canner, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte. Nicholas was a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, notice the order, they prayed first, and then they laid hands on them. Isn't that interesting? They prayed first, then they laid hands on them. What do we do? We lay hands on someone and we pray. I've done it myself. Brother wants prayer. I go, hey, all right, man, let's pray. You know, we kind of, you know, we kind of go, you know, hey, man, let's pray. And then we pray. You know what they did? They prayed and then they laid hands. Almost to acknowledge what God is speaking, to, 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 to affirm. What God is saying, they prayed first, I love that order, and then they laid hands on them. Well, in verse 7, then the word of the Lord spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And notice this, a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Stop right there, give me your attention if you will. It is interesting, as you look through the book of Acts, it's kind of interesting to see God's math. God is good math. I was bad in math. School, math was my worst subject. My worst. I, I just didn't get it. My mom had to ground me because I wouldn't learn my times table. I'll never forget that. I thought she was like the worst person in the world. You know, when, you, when you're young, you think, oh, why is she doing that to me? I don't need my timetable. What's that going to mean to me later on in my life? Well, see, she knew. You know, you're going to need to balance the checkbook and do stuff. I was bad in math. God is good in math. It's really interesting to see God's math in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, if you're taking notes, you write it down, look it up later. In Acts chapter 2, we've talked about it. The Bible says, get this, that the Lord added daily to the church such as should be saved. The Lord added. And then we find out in Acts chapter 5, we talked about the last time, that the Lord subtracted. (laughs) Say amen if you know what I'm talking about. All right. Ananias and Sapphira. I would say that if you die, that would be considered a subtraction. And some subtractions are blessed subtractions from the church. People have come to me from time to time, oh, Pastor Rodney, you know, so-and-so left the church. I'm thinking, blessed subtraction. Oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm just so sorry. Oh, well, whatever the Lord leads, you know, some subtractions are blessed subtractions. Amen. Thank you, sister, brother. So the Lord adds, the Lord subtracts, and then notice, and now we see in verse 1, you see it? The Lord multiplied the number of disciples, of the disciples. And at this point in the book of Acts, the church is growing. The church is growing. 
So, so now understand, give me your attention, listen close. It, it's in the days of blessing. It's in the days of multiplying. It's in the days of church growth that the church experiences a problem. A problem arose in the church. And the problem in the church, watch this, is a racial cultural problem. It's a racial cultural problem between, we just read it, the Hellenist and the Hebrews in verse 2. Between the Hellenists and the Hebrews. So in, in one corner now, we have kind of the Hebrew nationals. Not the hot dogs, but the... They're good hot dogs. So in one corner, we have the Hebrew nationals, and in the other corner, we have the Hellenists, which are Greek-speaking Jews who immigrated to Jerusalem. So the Hellenists were saying that there was favoritism, an unfair practice in the church because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. Now understand something, in the church in that day, there were two times of collection. Two times of collection. One was every Friday. They would go around the market in private homes and collect money for food in the morning, and they would distribute it or distribute it later in the day. And then the second time of collection was every day. They would go house to house collecting for those who had pressing needs. So the Hellenist women are feeling slighted over the Hebrew women. There's a guy by the name of A.T. Robertson, and, and, and he said this. He said, it's interesting that women are at the center of a serious disturbance in the church. Now, now he said that. I, I did not say that. He said that. There's an interesting verse in the Bible. It's in Proverbs chapter 27. And, uh, you know, I think after I read this verse, I'm going to need some protection. So uh, could I get a couple brothers? <laughs> need some protection. Proverbs 27 says this, a nagging wife is, an annoying, is annoying as a constant dripping on a rainy day. Trying to stop her complaints is like trying to stop the wind or hold something with greasy hands. And all the men are like, I ain't going to say nothing, honey. She's like, you better not say nothing. See. So these ladies in the early church, they say, listen, you know, the Hebrew women, they're getting preferential treatment and we don't like it. Now, listen to me closely. There are a lot of people who believe and who say and who have said to me, Pastor Rodney, you know, we need to get back to the book of Acts. We need to be like the first century church. We need to get back to the early church in the, in the book of Acts because that's the model church. And, and what they're implying is in some way that in the book of Acts that the first church, the early church, the first century church was a perfect church. Listen, the first century church was not a perfect church. As a matter of fact, you and I both know there is no perfect church. And if you find the perfect church, then please don't join it because there goes its perfection. Because you just joined it. So we need to get back to the perfect church. Pastor Rodney, you know, we need to get back to the early church. Listen, we can already see all you have to do is take a cursory look at the book of Acts and you can already see the early church was plagued with problems. Like any church. 
The early church had lots of problems. We know that there was a Judas who was an apostle in the early church. And in that church, he committed suicide. There were problems in the early church. We've seen the hypocrisy of two key people. Don't you understand that Ananias and Sapphira were leaders in the early church? And they were hypocritical. And, and, and God judged them. So we see problems here in Acts chapter 6. We, we, we see one group complaining against another group. So the early church had problems, just like the church today has problems. You know, I've been pastoring this church for 10 years now, and there's two things that I've really learned. I've learned, number one, as I said, there is no perfect church. I have learned that. There is no perfect church, saints. If you're seeking the perfect church, good luck. You're not going to find, there is no perfect church. Why? Because the second thing I've learned, because the people who go to the church are sinners. It's trying to build you up. <laughs> we are sinners. Why do we come to church and we get all holy and act like we're not sinners? We're still sinners. Now, do we practice sin? God forbid. Perish the thought, Paul said. But we are sinners. The church is made up of human folk. We are living stones fit together to make up a holy habitation. I can't explain that, but to make up a holy habitation for the Lord to dwell in. The church is made up of sinners. We're humans. God understands that and God knows that. And because we are sinners, because we are, we're humans, there's going to be complaining. There's going to be grumbling. You know, people grumble and complain. I, I know that right now there's probably five or six people grumbling and complaining about me now. Y'all probably grumbling at the church, on the way to church this morning. Eh, Pastor Rodney. We'll go to church anyway, that Pastor Rodney. You know, I figured, look, a church this size, five or six people grumbling and complaining, I can handle that. <laughs> I can deal with it. Bring it on. You want some of me, man? Huh? 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 <laughs> I had no sleep, y'all, so pray for me, all right? <laughs> Five or six people, I mean, whatever. I mean, people grumble and complain, but okay, fine. I understand that the church is made up of sinners, and that goes along with the territory. So get over it. If you can't handle people grumbling and complaining and not liking you, well, don't go into ministry. Amen. Don't go into ministry. If you can't handle people like taking pot shots at you, please don't go into ministry. <laughs> no. So the first church was not a perfect church. There is no perfect church. No, we don't need to get back to the book of Acts. What we need to do is be the church that the Holy Spirit has called us to be today. We need to, we need to be the church that God is making us and calling us to be Today, and so the apostles, in verse 2 in your Bibles, they gathered together the multitude of the church. Now, notice what they said. Basically, they said this, we have a problem, and we want you guys to find the people that you think should fix the problem. We will examine them, is basically what they're saying. We'll examine them, and if they meet the criteria, then we will release them to do the work. Notice these guys said, we are going to study the word and pray. In other words, we are not going to neglect doing what we are called to do, to do that which we are not called to do. 
We are not going to neglect doing what we are called to do, to do that which we are not called to do. What they're saying is that we are not called to oversee the practical needs of the church. They are saying we are called to oversee the spiritual needs of the church. And we're not going to leave the spiritual needs of the church to go and handle the practical needs of the church. Therefore, we want you guys to find among you seven men who meet the criteria to go handle the practical needs of the church so that we can deal with and stay focused on the spiritual needs of the church. You got it? Get the tape. It's important. These guys were prioritizing their lives and prioritizing the ministry. See, the pastor of a church, whether this church or if you're visiting, your pastor is not called, now hear me close, is not called to meet the practical needs of the church. The pastor is called to meet the spiritual needs of the church. You understand that? Say amen. This is the, my calling is not, is not my calling to meet the practical needs of the church. And thank you, Lord, I have to stay focused on that. Because with the church this size, people come up to me all the time. They email me, whatever. Pastor Rodney, we, need, we should be doing this. Hey, why don't we do that? Hey, what about this ministry? Hey, what about that? Oh, well, over there, they're doing this. Well, over here, they're doing purpose-driven. Well, over here, they're doing experiencing God. Well, over here, they're doing this, and they're doing that. Pastor Rodney, we need to be doing this constant, constant, constant. And, 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 and i got to stay focused to, to say, okay, God, what have you called Rodney to do? Look, what they're doing might be wonderful, but I have to, we have to, as a body, stay focused on what God has called us to do. God has called us to teach the word verse by verse. That's the calling of this church. That's what we do. Is what they're doing wrong? No. But we have to, I've got to keep the church, and quite honestly, guys, it can be a pretty tough thing, trying to stay focused, trying to stay directed on what God has called us to do as a body. And so each week, people invite me to various things. You know, people invite me out on Saturday. I've told you guys before, I don't go out on Saturday. I I don't go out on Saturday. If you have a function and it's on a Saturday and you invite me, I'm probably not coming. It ain't, please don't take it personal. The reason why I'm not coming is because Saturday is my day to prepare the word of God to sit and to pray so that I might come to church on Sunday morning and meet spiritual needs. That's why I don't come. You know, when I, some people in the church, I've married them in wedding ceremonies, and I often will let you know that I probably won't be attending the reception. Why? Because. Folk be drinking at the reception. No, just kidding. I'm sorry. No, no, really, seriously. The reason why is because I, you know, I'm not there. That's not what I'm doing on Saturday. I'm not in the partying and dancing and doing the Macarena on Saturday night and all of that. I'm just not, I'm not there. Even if I am there physically, I'm not there mentally and emotionally because I'm trying to get back home so that I can get in the word and study that I might come to church and have a word from the Lord, a word for you that, that, that you might hear from God and that your lives might be changed. And there ain't no time for partying for me on Saturday night when I know what I'm called to do on Sunday morning. 
You know, even if you're in ministry here at Calvary, you're doing worship or you're in children's ministry, listen, don't make it a practice to stay up late on Saturday night. Ooh. Make it a practice to stay up late on Saturday night and then come to church on Sunday morning trying to minister. Satan uses that to rip you off. Satan uses that to rip it. Look, if you come to church on Sunday morning, hey, try to go to bed in a reasonable time. You come to church to hear the word. How many times do people come to church? Oh, man, man, something wrong with that sermon. Man, you know, Pastor Rodney, he wasn't hitting on the day. I mean, so, ooh, something wrong with that sermon. Well, man, I ain't getting nothing out of that sermon. Well, maybe it wasn't the worship. Maybe it wasn't Pastor Rodney. Maybe it was you. Could it be? That when you came to church, you were half sleepy because you just went to bed three hours ago. And now you come to church and it's like, oh, your blood speaks a better word. Then all the empty, raise your hands. Yes, 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 yes. Man, you are not here. You got all ripped off by Satan. See, I got to stay focused and we all as a body need to stay focused. Is that right? Is that all right? That's important. Because we don't want Satan to rip us off. We don't want to come to church and not get anything out of it. If that happens too much in your life, guess what? You're going to backslide. It's going to hurt you. So you got to pay attention to your spiritual walk. You know, we, don't, we, we try, as Elvira and I, we're often asked to go out to dinner with couples, and, and, and we do. And, and, and sometimes I have to turn appointments down for that very reason, because I'm trying to stay focused on what God has called me to do. And so, yes, we do. I mean, we, you know, each... Thursday, actually, we try to go out with a couple, and, 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 and sometime again, I have to turn things down, because and, 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 I just can't do it all. I just can't. That's why I have assistant pastors, because I used to be able to do it all. When we were 100 people, I could do everything. I could know everybody, and I could know all the names of the families, and I could know your dog's name. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.